Girlfriends, episode number 166, 12 Ways to Boost Your Energy. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about ways to boost your energy. Spring has sprung. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I always love connecting with you here. I am talking about boosting energy this week because I need it. I spent the last several days at the LA Religious Education Congress um, out in Anaheim, California. Great, great event, great times. As usual, connected with a bunch of awesome people and came back both energized by that connection, but also exhausted, physically exhausted, because it's a really tiring thing going on a trip like that. Now, you might not be coming off of a trip like that, but we're always all looking for ways to boost our energy, especially those of us who are in the throes of family life, um, perhaps pregnant, perhaps nursing, perhaps chasing toddlers. Those are uniquely exhausting years. So um, this topic comes to us from a question that I received from a listener. I wish I could remember who or where, but I believe it was on social media. Someone sent me a direct message. So sorry, person who I interacted with. I appreciate the question because it did, in fact, inspire this podcast. The person was um, suggesting that she thinks I have a lot of energy for the things that I do. And she wanted some tips for getting that kind of energy herself because she was not feeling it. She was feeling exhausted. I think she had a lot of little kids. Anyway, um, I sorry I don't remember where that came from, but it is a question that I do hear from people regularly. It's something that I think about um, because I struggle with it too. I don't always have a lot of energy. And I find sometimes, especially living here in New Hampshire during the long winter months, those can be especially a struggle. Um, so speaking of the long winter months, I said that spring has sprung in the intro to the show. Well, not really. Well, it has. It's warmer temperatures, but I am recording this out in my car as I do my recording studio. And I'm looking out at um, some gross, dirty, crusty snow that's covering the yard. There really aren't any bare patches yet. <laughs> it's covered. We're well covered. So, um, but it's it's warming up and I know that spring is soon. We're, we're nearing the end of March here. Can't go on for too much longer. And though we do still get snow through April, um, some years well into April, I'm hoping this won't be one of those years, but we do. Um, it doesn't last long because the temperatures have warmed up so much. So looking, looking forward to warmer days and running outside in the very near future. How about you? How's, how's spring springing near you? Maybe you're in one of those really hot climates and this is actually a beautiful time of year because the heat of summer hasn't yet descended upon you. Okay, I do want to dive right into this topic because I have promised you 12 ways to boost your energy and we're not going to go through that very quickly, right? So let's get started. My first tip of the 12, and this is going to be a surprise to nobody, is to exercise. I know it feels counterintuitive sometimes when you're just like, 
feel like you have no energy. You feel like you're dragging yourself through your day to exercise because that's like the last thing in the world you want to do when you feel like you don't have energy. And yes, there are times when we're tired and you should just go to bed or make sure you get proper rest at night and not get up early to exercise. But it's the truth that when you make the effort to exercise, especially at the start of your day, I've noted that you do have more energy through the rest of your day. It's like energy breeds energy. Moving around breeds more of the same. Slouching around breeds more of the same. So exercising early in the morning, if you can, get it done first thing. Give yourself that shot of energy first thing in the morning. Um, you know, it also helps you to sleep better at night, which is going to be my next tip. Um, to exercise in the morning. It gives your your body that boost in the morning, kind of sets your your body rhythms on the right path to be able to get good sleep that following night. They say a good night's sleep starts when you get out of bed in the morning. So for that night. So move yourself around. Even if you aren't doing some formal exercise, when you get up in the morning, we can all do this. Just take a moment and do some stretching. Do a, a little bit of moving around, stretching your body, stretching your legs. We, we naturally do this anyway, and it feels good. So move your body at least that much first thing in the morning. But then also look for ways that you can put exercise in your day, whether it's adding walking, taking the stairs. Um, and this is something that can work even like in the moment. Say you're, you're going to sit down to work on a project and you just feel like I am half asleep. I can't focus. Too tired. So a great way to just wake yourself up is to do a little bit of exercise right then. Like if you can go outside and run around um, or run up and down your stairs a couple of times, or if you're in an office, you know, do some squats, whatever it is, wake yourself up. I'll never forget years ago um, when we were recording The Gist, which is the television talk show that I record on uh, Catholic TV down in Boston. Uh, Rachel Balducci, who is my co-host on The Gist, we were recording. We do an insane thing. I think I've shared this with you before on the podcast as we're doing it, um, where we record all the shows for a season inside of a week. So the last week of June, usually, we're all in Boston every day and we record all the shows for that season, which means we are recording back to back to back to back, <laughs> changing our outfits in between. And that can be really a tiring thing. So at this particular time, we were in the green room in between tapings of shows and Rachel was feeling that way. And she just got down and did some push-ups because she just wanted to wake herself up a little bit. And it truly does work. It might not be push-ups for you, um, but if you do something to move your body, um, it can wake you up, give you that kind of mood boost, give you that little shot of endorphins that your body is looking for. You know, uh, so moving your body more on a regular basis because, um, you know, having short breaks, like say you, you work eight hours in an office each day and you're sitting down for a lot of that. Um, working in breaks where you're going to get up and walk around will lift your mood and boost your energy. So you definitely want to be doing that. But the same applies to a mom at home. Try to vary what kinds of activities you're doing. I know, you know, it is exhausting, as I said at the start of the show, a uniquely exhausting phase of life to be pregnant, to be nursing, to be chasing toddlers. But I did find that during those years, it was easy to also be sedentary, to spend a lot of my days just slouching around on the couch, nursing the baby or 
um, reading books with the kids, you know, I, and which is all fine. But um, you want to be kind of varying the, your movement through the day. So if you're if you're working in an office, find a way to do that in a regimented way that you have um, a little break where you can move around or just get up and do some squats or do a one minute plank or whatever it is that you might enjoy doing to switch your brain energy. And science backs this up. Research shows that when you get back to what you were working on at that point, um, you're going to have greater focus. You're going you're gonna to have that boost in energy that helps you to focus. All right. The second way I want to mention to boost your energy, uh, I already mentioned, was sleep well. And we did a whole show about sleep because it's important. And most of us are not getting enough sleep. I'll link to that show. I think it was called You Need More Sleep, because you do, um, in the show notes for this episode. Uh, just a side note, the, the show notes for all of the Girlfriends podcasts are at ascensionpress.com. So they're no longer hosted at daniellebean.com through the deal that I have with Ascension producing the podcasts. So at ascensionpress.com. And I heard from someone this week who went there and couldn't find the show notes. So um, it might take you a little bit of navigating on the site, but you want to click over to ascensionpress.com. You want to click on media and then that you can click podcasts and girlfriends is one of the podcasts listed there. We have our own page and that page is always um uh, what I what I link to when I link to the shows on social media. So that's one way that you can get directly to the page. But once you get to that girlfriends page on ascensionpress.com, you can find all the recent episodes and you can find an easy way to just click and subscribe through whatever way that you like to subscribe whether it's through iTunes or Stitcher. We're on Spotify now. This is so exciting. Um, so anyway, why am I talking about that? <laughs> because I said I was going to put a link in the show notes to the Sleep Better episode. Um, so make sure that you're getting proper sleep. Sometimes that's the most basic thing, right? You're dragging through your day and you, you don't realize that that's the most basic thing that you're lacking. So maybe getting better sleep means going to bed at a better time, going to bed earlier, skipping that one more Netflix at night. I know it's tempting. Um, or maybe it means allowing yourself to sleep in the morning. If you're going through a rough time where you're feeling exhausted, whether it's illness in the house or some stressful thing going on with your work or with your kids, um, make sure that you're getting the rest that you need because it might be disturbing your rest at night. So um, make sure that you're getting that that proper rest. And during that time, maybe that's not the time to get up early, right? And just be discerning about that. And there's always the option of taking a nap. I know I have done this where, especially if I'm, you know, going through something that's stressful or working on a project that's kind of intense and is tiring, and I want to be able to give it good focus and I'm feeling like I can't because I'm feeling tired, um, I will take that break and I will sleep in the day. I will, even if it's just for 20 minutes, set an alarm for 20 minutes and lie down. And even if you don't actually fall asleep, you are resting. And you're you're allowing your your bo your body and your mind to rest and rejuvenate inside of those just a little twenty minutes. It's a power nap, right? They call it a power nap for a reason because it gives you power when you get back up. It'll give you a little boost of energy. So look for ways that you can use sleep, getting proper sleep on a regular basis, or even just a little mini dose of sleep in your day to help you be more energetic and awake. All right, the third way to boost your energy. Um, is maybe you need to get a checkup. Now I'm saying this from my own experience. So let me tell you, this winter, uh, pretty soon after Christmas, um, after the kids all went back to school after Christmas, 
Dan and I both got a horrible virus. I do believe it was the flu. I did not get tested to be sure it was the flu, but um, it was it was a bad one with a bad fever, bad body aches. And something unusual that I noted with this was it wasn't just body aches. I had like joint pain and muscle pain all over my body. And the funny thing is, after I got over this virus, that didn't go away. I still had the muscle pain. I was feeling mostly in the mornings like I was hit by a truck. And I had this this muscle pain and joint pain, like both. Um, muscle pain like I had done a really intense workout when I hadn't, like real soreness in my muscles. And then joint pain and stiffness like that felt like arthritis. And because it had come on with this particular illness, I attributed it to the illness and thought, this is going to go away. Well, for an embarrassingly long time, I thought that. <laughs> I'm just busy, right? Um, but it got worse. And I found myself waking up in the morning and my hands were so stiff, like it would take a good long while and really painful. It would take a good long while before I could like pick up a pen and write something, for example. Um, really feeling arthritic in that way, but also just pain in my legs, in my hips, in my knees. Um, so this went on until finally I was like, this is really stupid. And probably irresponsible of me to just be allowing this to go like this. And I thought this can't possibly still be that illness. Or if it is there, you know, maybe there's something I can do about it. Um, and I started thinking about Lyme disease, of course, because we live in New England. Anyway, long story short, I went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with an acute deficiency of vitamin D. Duh. You know, vitamin D, we get that from the sun. Well, I have not been getting sun. Vitamin D, we get that from milk. Well, I don't drink milk. Um, so I was severely de deficient in vitamin D. And one of the symptoms of that is joint pain, muscle pain, bone pain. So that was going on with me. So pretty easy to fix, although I'm not completely fixed. It's taking a little while. I'm on my fourth week right now of taking, um, interestingly, you just take one pill a week of this mega dose of vitamin D. So it's like 50,000 units or something like that. Um, and I'm on my fourth week of doing that. And the day after I take that pill, I feel amazing, like absolutely no pain. And then as the week progresses, I'm finding like today is a Wednesday, for example, as I'm recording this, and I'm going to be taking my dose tomorrow. Well, I feel pretty stiff this morning. So not completely better. Tons better, but not completely better. And also unnecessary. I should have gone to the doctor a lot sooner. And I should have been taking a multivitamin or some such, you know, come to find out Dan's been taking vitamin D all along. Like he knew. Anyway, um, just in case there's something like that going on with you, you may not have this disruptive joint pain going on. But um, if you're feeling exhausted all the time, there could be a physical reason for it. Exhaustion is one of the symptoms of vitamin D deficiency. And some people find they're, they're low in vitamin Bs or, you know, something else is going on with you. Just get a checkup. Do have like a regular, you know, screening, a blood screening. There's a ton of stuff that they can just rule out and, and stuff that they can find out that might be going on with you that might be pretty simple to address. So getting a checkup is important. So get yourself into the doctor, okay? Don't wait too long like me. All right, my next way. So this is the fourth way that I want to mention to boost your energy is to caffeinate carefully, Okay, caffeinate carefully. What does this mean? This means, you know, don't slug coffee all day long. Don't 
drink energy drinks all day long. Be thoughtful about when and how you want to be ingesting caffeine. Some people feel they have the most energy when they don't drink caffeine at all, and that might be you. Um, but some people, you know, can't feel like they can't even open their eyes in the morning until they've had a cup of coffee. Here's an interesting thing that I recently read about caffeine. It was in the book, um, Make Time. The authors of Make Time are John Knapp and Jake Zaratsky. Make Time, How to Focus on What Matters Every Day. I do recommend that book. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I read it a little while ago. It's really um, an interesting take on um, just focusing. And and part of it is about energy. And um, anyway, the one thing that they noted about caffeine in Make Time was that caffeine doesn't wake you up like we sometimes think. That caffeine works you know, chemically inside of your body by blocking the hormones that would make you sleepy. Okay, so what it does is it's preventing sleepiness. If you are already totally groggy and falling asleep, caffeine isn't likely to help. So that was really interesting to me because I did think the it worked the other way around and um I, it changed how I decide to use caffeine. So if you're, you know, if you get up in the morning and drink caffeine first thing, they weren't recommending you actually do that. They were recommending that the timing of it be a little bit later so you actually enjoy your cup of coffee. Um and and that that can be interesting to experiment with, but the idea that caffeine doesn't just zap you and wake you up if you're already falling asleep is like it should be used more as a preventive measure um, was helpful to me. So during a time when you want to be more awake, perhaps you're about to work on something, perhaps you're about to do a workout. Um, some people really like to drink caffeine before they work out. Um, have a cup of coffee then or drink your energy drink if you're into that sort of thing. But for most of us, it's coffee or tea or Diet Coke. Oh, the dreaded Diet Coke. Um, I'm drinking less Diet Coke, I'm proud to report. It's an ongoing saga in my life of my addiction to Diet Coke. Um, this this Lent, I've really, I, I've already mentioned that I've been focusing on fasting. And, and during the times when I'm fasting, I don't drink Diet Coke. I don't, I, I only drink like black coffee or black tea or water. And um, it's been very interesting to note that I don't really need it. And it if I do have some of it later, um, I, I don't, the taste of it is different to me. I've My tastes have adjusted. Anyway, that's a side note about caffeine. Um, so caffeinate carefully also means pay attention to not drinking coffee Oh, in the late afternoon and into the evening, because even if you don't think it's disturbing your sleep, it is very likely disturbing your sleep. And that's why you're feeling tired the next day. Okay, so maybe have a curfew for your caffeine. So caffeinate carefully. Think about the timing of when you're going to drink in caffeine. All right, next tip. Drink more water. Drink more water. This is important. Um, being dehydrated can lead to you feeling tired can lead to that dragging feeling that we all dread and that we don't like, especially when we have things to do. So drink more water. Most of us are walking around dehydrated. Something I've been doing is I've been drinking carbonated water, which is fun. There's all different kinds of sparkling water. You can find one that suits you. Some of them have more bubbles. Some of them have less bubbles. Um, but this is something I've been in the habit of doing recently, and I find it makes me drink more water. I've been drinking so much of it, in fact, that I'm thinking about investing in one of those soda streams. If you have one, tell me. Um, because 
I, I've been buying it, you know, bottled. And so not only am I going through many plastic bottles, um, which isn't great, but also I think I would save money eventually if I were making my own carbonated water. Um, Anyway, that said, that's one way that you can add interest to your water. Maybe just put some lemon juice in your water if you find that it's boring and you don't want to drink it. Um, and then just keep it with you. We talked about this before, how, you know, if you are if you don't have your water bottle with you, you're not going to be drinking water. So get in the habit of just always bringing water along with you wherever you go, having it there beside you. I shared a couple of weeks ago that I was drinking hot plain water which is great. <laughs> I know I'm turning into my mom. It's okay. Um, but during like colder weather, it, it can be fun. I know somebody who always just drinks hot water with lemon in it. And um, so just find a creative way to make yourself drink more water. Some people have multiple water bottles, like three water bottles, and they fill them up in the morning and make sure that they get through all three of them during the day. Um, something like that might work for you. But think about ways to be drinking more water because when you're dehydrated, you're not going to be energized. You are going to be slow moving and sluggish, that feeling that you dread. You're going to be lacking focus. And um, so that's a, like a hidden way that can be causing you to feel less energized. So drink more water. All right, next one. Maybe you're not going to want to hear this one. Stop eating sugar. <laughs> I know. I know. I love sugar too. Um, but it absolutely is undeniable that sugar causes that momentary sugar high and then the crash and burn that sends you looking for more. You're looking for your next hit of sugar to wake yourself up again. It's a terrible cycle. Get yourself out of it. And I find nothing beats just cold turkey getting yourself out of it. Some people, you know, people's bodies are different and maybe you're able to handle a little bit of sugar. Maybe it's not one of those terrible addicting things in your life. Um, but really, I find it's super helpful to just cut out sugar altogether. And by sugar, I don't just mean sugary drinks, sugar in your coffee, chocolate cake, ice cream. I, of course, I mean all of those things. But I'm also referring to refined white flour, white rice. Um, some people, potatoes has a similar reaction in their body to sugar, um, but not everybody. But I mean, pay attention to the ways in which your body responds to the foods you eat and pay attention to the way your body responds to sugar. It's addicting. It is. And um, they show it like with, <laughs> I, I love this study once that I read about these lab mice who were, they were giving sugar to, right? And they became so addicted to the sugar that they were enduring shocks to get the sugar, right? That whatever the source of sugar was that they gave them in this laboratory and greater and greater shocks. You know, they kept increasing the pain that these mice would voluntarily inflict upon themselves in order to get their hit of sugar. Well, <laughs> How funny. Many of us are doing that same thing. The sugar is causing pain in our lives, whether it's through weight gain or through our mood or through our energy levels, right? We, we, or disease even, you know, um, that the sugar is hurting us. And yet so many of us are hurting ourselves just to get that hit of sugar. So I want to encourage you this is the season of Lent, a great time to focus on something like this. If sugar is an issue for you, cut it out, 
cut out the sugar and pay attention to how it affects your mood. Yeah, maybe if you're going to go cold turkey, maybe that first day you're not going to feel amazing. Um, But give yourself time. Allow yourself to adjust and pay attention to how it is affecting your mood. And really, really consider cutting out that sugar. All right, next tip, get some sun. I know, I just told you I was vitamin D deficient. (laughs) And it wasn't because I wasn't going outside. And this is, you know, get some sun. We really are solar powered creatures. Our bodies are wired according to natural daylight and we're supposed to be getting it. And it can really affect your mood for sure. Those who suffer from seasonal affective disorder know this. Um, But it also can affect your energy levels. So make sure that you're getting some sun. If you live in a place that's cold and dreary in the wintertime, you might consider investing in one of those lights. Um, they're, They're called different things, but... Uh, just a different way to get yourself some some daylight. Um, it affects your level of energy. Getting outdoors, even just getting outdoors, you know, into the natural light, even if the sun isn't brightly shining. Um, today happens to be a nice sunny day. I'm going to make sure that I get out in it. Um, but don't don't think that's going to solve your vitamin D woes if you live in an area like I do, um, because it it needs to be sunlight directly on your skin. And um, I'm pretty bundled up when I head outside. But just getting that sunlight into your eyes, into your body, being inside of that natural sunlight gives you natural energy. We are solar powered. So find a way to get yourself outside in the sunshine, okay? All right, next one. This is a great way to boost your energy. Hang out with positive, energetic people. Do you know the people you hang out with They can be a positive effect on your life and a positive effect on your mood and energy levels, or they can be a real drag. You know this. Are you hanging out with people who are complaining, who are negative, who bring you down? Don't do that. And by hanging out with, uh, yeah, I mean the the friends that you're choosing to spend time with, but also where are you spending your time? Maybe on social media, what kind of media you're taking in, right? Um, Hang out with positive, energetic people. Screen the influences in your life and and make sure that you're taking in positive energy from other people, that people are sharing with you uplifting, encouraging things, that you're not filling your heart and your mind and your soul with other people's negativity because that will just sap you of all your energy. You're going to feel miserable. It's going to bring you down. You're not impervious to the effects of that. And, you know, someone once said that we are like the sum total of the five people we spend the most time with. Well, then spend your time with people who have a lot of energy and they're going to bring that side out in you. Energy just, you know, breeds more of the same. And if you're hanging out with people who are slugging around on the couch all day and complaining about life, then that's what you're going to end up doing. So if that's not what you want for yourself, find a way to bring more positive influences into your life. You can listen to great podcasts. If you don't happen to have high energy friends in your life, you can for sure find high energy podcasts. Um, But, you know, seek out those kinds of relationships with people. And be that person for other people. 
Be that person who's going to bring the positive and bring the energy to all of your relationships. Um, I, I find that this is a funny thing to do with my husband, Dan, who tends to be more of a melancholic personality than I am. And he will definitely see the downside of things. And uh, just a funny way that I'll try to, without being a jerk to him, um, when I when I find he's saying something negative, I will just counter with something so ridiculously Pollyanna over the top that it can make him laugh and kind of change the mood, right? So look for ways to be that person to the other people in your life, but then be that person to yourself even you know if you notice your your thoughts are negative and they're spiraling downward then interrupt with a Pollyanna thought you gotta offset some of that negativity right um and oftentimes it's true right that things can can work out for the better and that having an optimistic positive outlook on life is no more dumb than having a negative one, right? It's absolutely a mood booster and it will give you energy. All right, I already mentioned social media. This next one that I'm going to mention is getting off of screens. Sometimes that's the worst thing in the world for your energy levels. And it's terrible because sometimes I will procrastinate an important project that I'm working on by scrolling through social media. Well, nothing's going to sap me of my energy more than that, right? Just scrolling scrolling, scrolling. Set a limit for how much time you'll spend on social media if this is an issue for you. Set a limit to your time on social media. Put your phone away. Don't be watching cable news if that's a real downer for you, which, um, yeah, it's a real downer for most of us. Um, look for ways to remove that from your life. You're going to have nothing but more energy as a result of it. And, you know, we did a whole show about social media. And the fact is, Everyone's going to survive without you. They're going to survive without your eyeballs on their content, and they're going to survive without you adding to your content on these social media platforms. It, the life-changing stuff is what's going on in your real life. The stuff that's going to boost your mood and boost your energy is the real connections you're going to make with real people in your real life. The real work you're going to do inside of that in your real life. So look for ways to get out of the fake, which social media is the fake. Sorry, it is. I enjoy it too, but um, let it let it have a much smaller place in your life and your energy levels are going to benefit from that. All right, this one I like to do with um, some lotion that I have. Smell something that's energizing. Smells affect our moods and they can boost your energy. So peppermint is one of these and I love the smell of peppermint. So you can brew a cup of peppermint tea um, you can use peppermint lotion. I'm almost out of my peppermint lotion, which is appropriate because it's Christmas themed, right? So I, I have from Bath and Body Works, my favorite uh, peppermint lotion that Dan gave me for Christmas called Twisted Peppermint. And I love to put that stuff on. And that is a, an energy boost when I put that on and I smell that peppermint. But you can do it with tea. Um, you can do it with essential oils. Um, and there are different, I'm, I don't do essential oils, so I'm not an expert in these things. But um, those of you who are, share with me what the scents are. I think citrus is one that's energizing. Look for a smell that you really like and look for a way to bring it into your life, whether it's with a candle or with oil, essential oils or with a cup of tea or with a lotion, whatever. Find a way to energize yourself through the smells that you are going to be smelling. That's just a simple way. All right, next next one, also simple. Play some upbeat music. You might find yourself moving around. Play something that really boosts your mood and you're going to get a boost in energy as well. 
find some upbeat music that you really enjoy. This isn't the time to be listening to the coffeehouse kind of downer kind of music. Music really does affect your mood and it affects your energy levels. So um, look for ways to bring upbeat music into your life. But especially if you are looking for a boost in your energy, if you feel find yourself dragging and feel dragging, like say in that mid to late afternoon hour, um, look for some music that you would enjoy putting on and, and blast it in your house, in your car, in your office, whatever. Um, and, and give yourself that uplifting interruption in your day. And that can be really fun, especially if you do this with kids. I remember I used to do this with the kids. We'd do like dance party and just play, you know, our favorite U2 or whatever. And, and we would just dance around. And at the end of that, you can't help but feel energized. So even if it's just one song, look for a way to use music to lift and boost your mood. All right. This next one, I've only got two more. We're getting through these. All right. Write stuff down. Now, this sounds weird, right? What does that have to do with having energy? Well, the fact is, when we are stressed and we are feeling tired and and um, kind of like we're dragging, oftentimes, I know for me, it's because I am stressed because I have a lot of stuff on my mind. I have a lot going on. And part of what is draining my energy is trying to keep track of it all in my head. So write it down. It's a very freeing thing. Take a moment and write down all those things that you have running endlessly through your head, because it's not helping anybody to have endless lists running through your head. And we do this because we're afraid we're going to forget if we're not continually reminding ourselves like the, the list of to-dos we have that afternoon or later that evening or whatever. So write it down. Free yourself of that and give yourself the assurance of knowing it's written down. I'm not going to forget. So write it all out. I used to do this on a regular basis, um, especially when I had like was homeschooling and had a lot of little kids under my roof and was working part time from home. I just felt pulled in a lot of directions. And that was a pretty busy, stressful time in my life. And I used to do this before going to bed at night. I would take a blank piece of paper and I would, before going to bed, write down everything that was running through my head about what to do the next day, about anything. And um, I found it was very freeing and it was a good way to release all of that, especially doing it before going to bed. Then I didn't go to bed and have those lists running through my head. Probably not perfectly, but I could remind myself, I already wrote that down. I don't need to let that run through my head right now. So give yourself that gift. It doesn't have to be before going to bed at night. It can be in the morning. If you're feeling stressed and feeling tired as a result of that stress, stress is a very tiring thing. It's also not a very productive thing. So it's it's not helpful. That's counterproductive. So don't allow yourself to stress. Don't allow yourself to do that. Write this stuff down. Even if you just want to pour it all out, on you know, on a piece of paper like I used to do, or make more um, organized lists. Uh, if you've got a journal that you like to do that in or whatever's going on with you, those things that you're ruminating about, the stuff that's running through your head, get it out of there. Get it onto paper. Release it. Release yourself from that stress of having that running and running and running through your head, okay? So write stuff down. And believe it or not, that was 11 things that I just shared with you. And so now for number 12. This is one that um, I'm also experimenting with this Lent is meditate. Now, that sounds like, you know, super calming, right? If you picture the the, the Zen pose, right? And when the person like has their 
their fingertips out and they're cross-legged and they're just, um, right? That, that doesn't seem energized. But the fact is, by meditating, that practice of meditating, and I don't mean new age meditation, there are Catholic forms of meditation I'm going to share in just a moment. Um, but having time in your day that you spend meditating, relaxing yourself and relaxing your mind and letting go in that way gives you a boost in energy when then you go back to your work. Your body needs that kind of rest. Your body needs the rest of sleep, but this is a different kind of rest that you can give your mind and your body through meditation. So if you're not familiar with meditating in any particular way, um, I want to invite you this Lent to find out more about it. The rosary is a meditation. Praying the rosary is a meditation. Lectio Divina is a meditation. There are Catholic traditions and practices that are all about meditation. It's not just the Buddhist monks who do this, right? Um, And one thing that I really want to recommend, and I, I found out about this particular resource at the LA Religious Education Congress that I was just at, and I actually had an opportunity to talk with one of the people working on this project. Um, There's a Catholic app for meditation, and you might want to check it out. It's called Hallow, H-A-L-L-O-W. You can find it in the iTunes store. I'm not positive there's an Android version, but there very likely is. These people have their act together. Um, and I've been experimenting with that. You can, there are all different kinds of meditation on there. They happen to have a Lent 40 challenge going on to do one little bit of prayer meditation each day for Lent, and you can follow along on there. Um, it is a paid app. There are certain parts of it that you can check out. I think there's a free trial. Um and I don't recall the price. I think it might be 7 or $8 a month, or you can pay an annual fee, which is what I did, so I don't have to worry about it. Um, and so it's a tool that you can use that will guide you through all these different Catholic forms of meditation, a beautiful way to learn more about Catholic meditation and reap the benefits of meditating in your daily life. So I really want to recommend that you experiment with meditation, especially Catholic meditation, uh, because there are all different forms out there, and um, some of them aren't conducive with Catholic tradition. Um, So, you know, be discerning about what you're going to use for that, and I really do recommend that app. But like I said, just praying the rosary is a meditation. We're meditating on the mysteries of the rosary when we pray. So even just pausing and praying one decade of the rosary will give you that boost in energy throughout the rest of your day. So one of the many benefits of our Catholic faith. So check it out. Those are my 12 ideas for ways to boost your energy. Maybe I missed some. Maybe you have some awesome tips. I would love to hear from you. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on all the forms of social media. Or send me a voicemail. You know I would love to hear from you. We're going to take a quick little break and be right back with more Girlfriends. Wouldn't it be nice to have a Bible that actually explains how to navigate it and make sense of it? A Bible that includes a detailed plan for how to read it with a page layout that's designed for study and personal devotion? Now for the first time ever, there is a Catholic Bible that does just that. 
a Bible that incorporates the same color-coded learning system that has proven so effective in the Great Adventure studies. I have had the privilege of working with some of the most talented biblical scholars of our day, Mary Healy, Andrew Swafford, and Peter Williamson, to create the Great Adventure Catholic Bible. This Bible makes the complex simple as it guides you through the narrative woven throughout salvation history. The translation is the Revised Standard Version, Second Catholic Edition, an elegant, accurate, and modern Catholic translation. The Great Adventure Catholic Bible is perfect for your personal devotion and Bible study, or as a gift for friends and family. If you want to understand sacred scripture and be transformed by the Word of God, then this is the Bible for you. Pick up your copy at ascensionpress.com. Okay, now it's time for a little bit of feedback, and I want to share an email that I received from listener Don, who says, Hi, Danielle. I found a link for a few spiritual benefits of fasting. I enjoyed your podcast this morning, and it could not have come at a better time. I have been quite impatient. So she's referencing um, the other podcast that I did recently on growing more patient. I'm in the process of wrapping up RCIA for my Catholic conversion. I found out last Friday that my annulment is not going to be complete in time for me to partake in the Easter vigil with my fellow classmates. Talk about having a childlike meltdown. I have been in an emotional tailspin since last Friday, trying to find ways to cope with this huge disappointment. We had 25 guests coming to also witness our vow renewal after the vigil. So here I sit, waiting patiently for the final verdict to arrive in the next day or two. I will try to practice a few of the tricks you mentioned today. And here's the link I found. So she has a link to ibelieve.com. Um, and I will share that link in the show notes. These are spiritual benefits of fasting. Um, Dawn, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you're experiencing this frustration. That sounds unbelievably frustrating and disappointing and discouraging. And I'm so sorry that you're going through that. But I am so thrilled for you that you are going through the RCIA process and that you are doing all those things that you need to do to get right inside of the Catholic Church, which is going to bring you a lifetime of happiness, a lifetime of joy and fulfillment. So I'm looking forward to that for you. And I'm so sorry that you're experiencing this discouragement in the meantime. But um, I'm I'm also happy for you that you are working on uh, adjusting how you're handling it. And um, please know that I'll be praying for you, Dawn. And I know others here on the Girlfriends Podcast, they are a prayerful group and we love to lift one another up in prayer. This is a prayerful community. So we're going to be praying for you this Easter season, Dawn, as you prepare to be welcomed home inside of the Catholic Church. We're so happy for you with this momentous occasion, which will come to pass. Maybe not on the time schedule that you wanted and hoped for and planned for, but God has his plan and he sees you. And be assured of our prayers in the meantime during this time of frustration. This is Elizabeth in Kentucky, and um, I'm listening to your episode on hospitality. Um, I remember your previous one, and I just really enjoy them. Um, we enjoy having people over, and I'm definitely guilty of screaming and yelling and telling my children to clean up, and my husband. <laughs> I'm sure we all are. Um, but I think you're right. I think it's so important. Um, 
I, we just had some friends over a couple weeks ago and it was on a Friday and it was the first Friday of Lent and we had this funny conversation about, well, there's not going to be any meat and what are you going to make? And, um, my husband did not grow up Catholic, although he is, he is Catholic now. And, um, anyway, nobody missed the meat. In fact, one of the other couples was Catholic as well, but we had just such a wonderful time. Um, and I think your idea about coming up with some things to talk about is a great one too. Um, I know. Um, my husband really likes to have people from work over, and we've lived a couple different places. The place we lived previously, we always we knew everybody well, but um, now my husband's at a large university, and so often I don't know the people very well. Um, so it's good for me to kind of um, ask him ahead of time, hey, remind me about these these particular people if there's someone we don't have over um, regularly or we don't see regularly. So um, I thought that was a good tip. Another one would be... Um, I really enjoy doing potlucks, but it's really nice to have um, kind of some a repertoire of food that you make. Um, in fact, for that meal a couple weeks ago, I made this baked ziti recipe that I've had for years. Um, but it's really easy to scale up and scale down to the number of people. And, you know, it's really simple. You can say, one of you bring a salad, one of you bring a dessert. And then nobody has to put a lot of work in. Um, and it's still enjoyable. And you can make it ahead of time. So it can be ready to go when everybody gets there, or, you know, you're just waiting for something to bake and throwing together a salad. Um, anyway, I really like that um, idea, too. In fact, um, where we lived previously, I had a dear friend who was a personal chef in her before kids life, and um, she gave me some really great recipes for um, feeding crowds, and that was just really, really helpful. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. I always enjoy your podcast, and it keeps me company while I walk my dogs. Thanks. Thank you so much for that, Elizabeth. I love those tips. I think that is really great, especially I love the idea of your baked ziti, a kind of flexible recipe that can be a go-to that you can make ahead of time and you can make it large or you can make it small. I think that's great. Having a few of those in your back pocket can give you a lot of confidence in inviting people over. I know that I recently had a crowd here and I made stuffed shells, which is similar in that way. And I did. I made it all up ahead of time and it was great. And that, you know, just for the last half hour, I stuck them in the oven. We had garlic bread and salad and all was well. So I love that idea. Um, So listeners who have other recipes like that or other tips about hospitality, we would love to hear from it. I did get a lot of feedback on the hospitality one. This is something that I think a lot of us do struggle with. Um, If you have listened to that episode, inside of the episode, I challenged you to invite some people over this Lent if that isn't something that you're normally in the habit of doing. So have you done it? Give me your report. Let me know how you're doing. I'm holding you accountable. Who have you invited over this Lent in response to that challenge? You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com, or do like Elizabeth did and record a voicemail on your phone. Super easy to do. And just email it to me at that address. And now before we have to go, I just want to mention here at the end um, some feedback that I received from two different people on my Three Ways to Declutter podcast. Um, When I received the first feedback, it was negative feedback. Somebody who felt hurt by something that I said inside that episode, I thought, well, I didn't mean that at all. And I mean, I I replied to the person um, apologizing for having hurt her with what I said. Um, But since I thought that wasn't my meaning at all, I, I also felt like, well, that's part of how she's interpreting it. But then I heard from another person who took it the same way. So now I'm thinking... I needed to have phrased that better. Um, So what I'm talking about is inside of that decluttering podcast, when I first talked about Marie Kondo, I said 
Um, I, I'm not going to go back and replay it because it's not worth going into. I know what my meaning was. What I said inside of the podcast was that my, my original reaction when the Marie Kondo book came out was not to read it and to kind of, um, think it wouldn't apply to my life thinking she's a single woman. She doesn't have children. She's Japanese. Like my life is so different, um, that I didn't feel like anything she would share would apply to my life. That was the meaning of what I said. Um, but two people who are single took it very personally, like I was rejecting the value of single people. And I'm very sorry for that. That absolutely is not the meaning of what I said. Um, and not what I, what I believe at all, of course. Um, so I, I'm sorry that what I said could be interpreted in that way. And I'm sorry for people who were hurt by the way that I phrased that. Um, you know, I don't have anybody checking me here. I'm just talking into my microphone. And sometimes I'm not going to word things perfectly. But please do know that that absolutely wasn't my meaning behind saying that I, I didn't believe that Marie Kondo, um, her, her work would apply to my life. It really wasn't that. And, and I went on in the podcast, of course, to explain that I was very wrong about that. And I really did value what I wound up reading inside of Marie Kondo's work. And one of those um, listeners told me that it was incorrect. Actually, Marie Kondo has two children. Yes, she does now have two children. But when she wrote the book, she was not married and did not have children. So anyway, just a clarification on that. And um, so I want to be sure that anybody else who might not have bothered to let me know who might have been hurt by the flip way, perhaps that I, I worded what I said there. I'm truly sorry for hurting you. I'm truly sorry for adding to something that possibly is um, a wounded area of your life where you feel rejected in other ways because of not being a mom or because of being single. And I never want for that to be the case. So I'm, I'm really sorry for the way that I worded that. And please know that I do absolutely value you. And I'm thrilled to know that I have single people who are listening to the podcast who feel in their charity that I have something of value to offer to them. So thank you for that. Thank you for your patience in the fumbling ways that sometimes I attempt to express myself here on Girlfriends. And with that, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the community of the Girlfriends podcast. If you want to become a more active part of the Girlfriends community, you can join us on Facebook. We have a unique group on Facebook, which is closed, which means it's private conversations just between us, just between those people who listen to the Girlfriends podcast and value what we share here. If you want to become a part of that, you need to make a request. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends podcast. We'd love to have you join us there. But I also just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of what I share here on the podcast week after week. Your presence here truly is a gift and an encouragement to me. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 